A large rally is due to take place in the US city of Baltimore later in protest at police brutality. Yesterday, six local police officers were charged over the death of a black man injured in custody. The case of 25-year-old Freddie Gray triggered widespread rioting in Baltimore. Yesterday, President Obama reacted to the prosecutor's decision to press charges. What I think the people of Baltimore want more than anything else is the truth. That's what people around the country expect. And this administration uh, will help local officials get to the bottom of exactly what happened. Garthi and Tipperary have released one of the men they were questioning after they found a cannabis grow house yesterday. Over a thousand plants were uncovered during the search in Ewin before officers raided a second premises used to dry the drugs. Cannabis herb and a shotgun were also seized. It's thought the plants could have a street value of up to €700,000. Two other men arrested yesterday are still being held this morning. Parents have been banned from taking photos of their children at communion and confirmation ceremonies. The Irish Independent reports that each diocese in Ireland has been directed to have specific guidelines governing the photography of children when they're on church grounds. According to the paper, the rules derive from the Safeguarding Standards Guidelines introduced by the National Board for Safeguarding Children in the Church in 2008. And finally, the Duchess of Cambridge has gone into labour with her second child. Kensington Palace says Kate was admitted to the private wing of St Mary's Hospital in London this morning. Prince William is by her side. The Daily Mirror's royal reporter, Victoria Murphy, says there hasn't been as much hype in the build-up to this baby compared to Prince George. There aren't any constitutional implications this time. This baby is not the future king. And also because we have been here before. We have seen the couple go into the hospital. We've seen them come out of the hospital. We've seen them with a baby. We know who the nanny is. There are less unanswered questions now. That's your latest news update at four minutes past nine. Your weather brought to you by Gateway Leisure, Ballina Road, Belmullet, Kids Island Adventure Centre, stress-free surroundings for any family fun day out. Gateway Leisure, 097 20002. Now today is going to be cloudy or overcast with rain. This morning that rain will be mainly light and intermittent and then in the afternoon it's going to turn heavy and persistent and you can expect some fog on hills as well. Easterly winds about so moderate to fresh and staying cool with temperatures today of 9 or 10 degrees. Rain continuing early tonight, clearing to scattered showers later in the night and tomorrow then Sunday we'll see sunny spells and occasional showers but some of those showers will turn heavy in the afternoon and there's a chance of thunder, but it is going to be a bit milder than today. A more detailed forecast is available from Weather Dial on 1550. 123852 calls cost 95, 97 cent rather per minute, including VAT. The weather forecast brought to you by Gateway Leisure, Ballina Road, Belmullet. Family friendly restaurant with that right at home feeling. Number one for family fun, whatever the weather. Gateway Leisure, www.gatewayleisure.ie.
very welcome along. It's the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio on this bank holiday. I still can't get my head around the fact that it's bank holiday weekend. No, I'm sure I'll know all about it Monday, though, we when sure I will. don't have to do too much. And Monday is promised a better day as well, so hopefully. Oh, I, I think w- if it was sunshine and your nice bright weather, you'd, you'd, it'd feel more like holiday, bank holiday mode, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't it's know why. I'm not, I'm not today. in it at all, but no. I'm sure I will as soon as uh, the 10 o'clock bell strikes this morning. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Good morning. Right. How Good are morning. You? Good morning. Um, I'm good. Great. A busy week. I was, uh, you as are, you know, yes, in my up neck in your of country. The woods, yeah, yeah, up with Monday. the Roscommon Gardening Club. So we had a great uh, evening there with Angela and the whole team in Roscommon. I think we had 70 or 80 people came on the night and lots and lots of questions. Great. Uh, so it was great. It was a great, great night. And hopefully they got lots of information. That I'm sure of, they did. And I'm sure that, I'll hear about it over yeah, the next couple of weeks. Some, yeah. of, some of it into good, good uh, action over the next couple of days. And also we had uh, the Swinford Gardening Club down in the garden centre on Wednesday night. So again, a uh, nice crowd down from Swinford. So lots of people in the garden and getting busy and lots of questions. And and one of, one of the common themes actually that, that came up, and I see it on the on the, the uh, calls already mm. this morning, is the frost. And the frost has been knocking around. Yeah, because we had a good bit of it during the week really, we did. didn't we? There was we a couple did. of mornings I got up quite early, you know, around the six o'clock mark. And you, yeah, there was, you could see it on the wind, on the car a little bit and yeah. on the, the roofs and stuff. So um, yeah, it's still around. It's still knocking about and certainly early plants with the good weather we've had in April. Plants like the forest flame, the Pierre's forest flame, um, you know, even, even young potato plants coming through the soil have been licked with the frost. So you, people going out looking at their forest flame might notice some brown tips brown damage, blackening on grisselinia plants, for example, at mm. the very growing point. So it's where the plants have just come into growth. The growth is very tender and very soft and the frost then at night time nips it back. Now it's a temporary setback and where that happens on, say, a forest flame, my advice just to go out and trim off the, 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 the blackness, yeah, the brownness at the very top. Give the plant a little bit of feed and it'll spring into new growth. So it's as if you pruned the plant. The frost has actually pruned the plant for you. Mm. So it's actually nipped back that, that young growth. But that would be perfectly okay. It's only going to set it back by maybe a week or 10 days and you'll get a second flush of, of new growth on the plant. So it's not something to be worried about. Tender plants, certainly like bedding plants, if they went out a bit early this year, or um, you know, potatoes that have been knocked back with a bit of frost. Now they'll recom- they'll regrow again, but certainly bedding plants that would have been hit with the frost, if they're damaged, they're going to have to be replaced. Um, so do do keep an eye out, you know. And if 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 we are going to get frost over the next couple of days, a little bit of garden fleece goes a long way. It's a very light material. Yeah. It's nearly tissue paper like. It's very fine, but you can actually wrap your plants in that, and you can leave the garden fleece on the plants for up to a week or ten days, actually tied onto the plant to protect it. So if you have plants that might be a little bit sensitive, particularly forest flame, uh, early potatoes, bedding plants. Well, again, I would only put out the hardy varieties of bedding plants now. Just yet, yeah. But but anything that that needs a bit of um, frost protection, the garden fleece you'll find very effective. And it'll also penetrate a tunnel or greenhouse. So if plant people have early seedlings in a greenhouse, it is a good idea. Now it's mild at the moment and I, there's no forecast of frost for the next couple of nights. But it's just to keep an eye out, it's this time of year, you see, the plants are coming into growth and we can often get a late frost. Mm. And uh, I was over on the east coast, uh, over Wicklow and Dublin yesterday, and again, a lot of damage. We're, they're getting several degrees of frost really? at the moment. Okay, because yeah, so I always associate the east coast to just be a little bit milder. No, 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 no they're the literally scraping ice off the Very car. Bad. 
uh, yeah, in the mornings. So certainly for the last uh, week to ten days, they've uh, it's milder now at the moment. But certainly over for the the last week of April, it's been very very frosty. Okay, because I suppose their growing period tends to be a little bit earlier than ours. Shall exactly. We, you know, by maybe a week or whatever yeah. it is. But they just tend to get, and, and we've we've had that kind of easterly wind. Um, so look at it's just to keep an eye out. So the little bit of blackening on forest flame, it's nothing to worry about. It's not a disease. It's not a pest. It's just literally frost damage. It sets the plant back for for week 10 days if you give it a little bit of feed trim it back and tidy it up you always get a second flush and it was one of the pieces of advice I was talking to the Roscommon team about that even with plants like Forest Flame they tend to be beautiful at the moment with lovely red colour mm. they tend then to go to a peachy kind of yellowish colour and it's at that time of year in about two to three weeks time you give them a light pruning back anyway because that encourages the plant to produce a second flush of red growth so you're actually helping, helping the plant to, to regenerate back. again yeah so so that was that was uh, quite a common question um the other key thing was fruit in the garden and this is the time of year for planting fruit so we had a lot of interest around putting in what's the right time to plant strawberries and mm. blueberries and so on so this is the month as we come into early may apple trees are just coming into flower at the moment so it's a good time to to select a number of apple trees Ideally, you want two to three different varieties to cross-pollinate. I was talking to them about the coronet. Um, we had mm. a couple of questions of people looking for small apple trees that are easy to grow and easy to manage. So there's a range of apples called the coronet family. They're bred here in Ireland by, by a, a particular gentleman in Kilkenny. And they're particularly good because they're bred for flavour, but they're also quite dwarf. They'll only grow in height six or seven feet maybe a spread of four to five feet in diameter. So they're very, very manageable and can actually be grown in containers if you wish. So if you've got a really small patio garden and you just want uh, one or two apple trees, you can get the coronet in a family tree, which is two varieties grafted onto one tree. And are they, is that the variety that's um, the espalier? Is that you wear? Well, espalier is a way of growing, growing yeah. apple trees. So espalier is where you tie them against a wall or on a frame and you, you literally grow them like a climber against a wall. But the coronet stays small it's grafted onto a dwarfing rootstock so just by its nature it makes a bush but it grows six maybe seven feet in height um, so it's very manageable when the fruit form they form perfectly full-sized mm. apples uh, but when they form you're not up on the steps of the ladder right or, yeah. or to have to call somebody in to get exactly. things out you know, yeah. you're not waiting for the windfalls mm. you can literally pick the, pick the tree they're easy prune they're easy kept they're just a particular range of apple trees kind of bred for convenience right. uh, but they still there's about nine there's about 13 varieties in the range and they're all bred particularly for flavour so varieties like James Grieve Katie Cox's Orange Pip and those varieties old varieties that you don't often see in the shops now yes um, so they're they're a really good range to, to to plant if you want. But again, you can plant ordinary apple trees and let them grow taller if you've got the space for them. But also things like pears, plums, cherries, damson fruits, rhubarb. Is, it's a good time to plant rhubarb at this time of year. Strawberries, as, as I mentioned, blueberries. Again can be expensive to buy in shops but are actually very very easy to grow and they're related to the wild bilberry here in the west of Ireland and of course that grows wild around lakelands particularly where you've got bog or acid soil. Mm. So blueberries it's a really good time to plant if you get fairly strong plants they'll, they'll fruit this year, they'll fruit in their first year and generally speaking with blueberries when you're growing them they do need a lime free soil so you add in some peat or some ericaceous compost and some fertiliser um, and they're a long lived plant, they'll last for where a strawberry plant might only last two or three years and you replace it uh, blueberries will last 50 60 years easy in in the garden so they're a long term like an apple tree they're they're there forever uh, but you would generally need about six or seven plants 
in a typical household because they don't fruit like strawberries all in one go. Okay, they so tend to fruit over, over a period. period. Yeah. So put in about six or seven plants to give yourself enough pickings. But once you've got them, you've got them for good. And they're they're particularly attractive in the winter time, in the autumn time. Their leaves go a fantastic scarlet red in the autumn. So they're an easy so, to grow. Okay. Don't really suffer pests and yeah. diseases. Um, once you've got them planted, really, that's it. There's no real heavy pruning to be done or that with them. They're, they're quite easy to grow. Um, so they're what they're putting in now. And also fruit like gooseberries, blackcurrants, raspberries, But I would always call it the kind of traditional ones. The that cane, w- yeah. yeah, the bush fruit, the typical bush fruit. They all should go in at this time of year. So it's a, it's a good planting time, and particularly now after today with the bit of moisture that we've got, the mild temperatures, soil conditions would be ideal. So things should really planting. start to take off. Yeah, they will. The growth will really start now, particularly I think we're promised better weather Monday and, and from Wednesday on back into warmer temperatures again. Um, so uh, good planting weather, but particularly for fruit trees, it's a really good time to plant. You also mentioned, I think, Swiss chard a little bit earlier. Yeah, Swiss chard is, is again, it's available now and it's a quite a, uh, an unusual vegetable, but a very easy vegetable to grow. You, you can eat both the foliage of Swiss chard and the stems. The stems, there's a very good variety called Rainbow Mix, which is, um, so Swiss chard, you eat the stems very like uh, rhubarb. Rhubarb. Yeah, so it's got that, and and many of them have that red stick of a rhubarb Mm. or yellow or pink. um, And it's particularly good because you can harvest it. You plant the plants now, you pick them from about July, early August, but Mm. you can continue to harvest them right through till August. And they're winter hardy. They'll actually last through the winter period as well. So you're often picking them through the winter into spring of next year. So they're very easy uh, vegetable to grow. The stems are very similar to celery. You could cook them in the same way and the leaves can be used like spinach yeah. Yeah, when it's young. So so the plants are just available now at this time of year. It's a good time to get them into the garden if you just wanted something different. And they're actually very attractive in the garden as well, in the veg garden. They add a lot of colour. If you were never to eat it, yes. it's still a just good plant. For, just from an just ornamental to, point yeah, of just, view. And it's just something different as well and it just kind of gives you extends your choice I suppose within the vegetable garden. But also a great time still to put in veg plants and to sow seed and I think I've been mentioning that for the last couple of weeks continue to plant and continue to sow um, I've also brought you in the our old favourite from last year the uh, the mint this is eau de clone oh, mint that's the, oh whoa, that's quite uh, it's, it's a bigger, plant, bigger plant than I think I've seen before yeah it's, yeah. it's one I um, thank you very much I, uh, we, it's this one is the we, one that we use uh, to um, deter the flies and things correct. like that that's yeah. the one so this is eau de clone it's been grown from um, mm. for years and years now it was originally as the name suggests it was used in perfume um, so it doesn't have the typical mint it's more a kind of a scented quite mm. a strong scent from it more a perfumey scent but it's particularly good at this time of year you st- st- stick it on the windowsill as the flies are beginning to come around you the scent of it helps to deter them but you can also diffuse the leaf in a bit of hot water and it's great to use on the surface to keep flies and midges and all that away well, we so that's to be a nice long hot summer that we need loads of us yeah well it was uh, very popular last year with the warm summer and it's just that it's available at this time of year so now is the time to get it and okay. once you have it it's a perennial so you can divide it like any mint it's very easy it's, to grow okay. but that particular variety eau de glone, is the one to look for to deter our flies the other plant I brought you in yes. I thought and I was talking about this to the, with the team in, in Roscommon this is a new plant this year called rock and roll. I was going to say, I see the words rock <laughs> and roll. It, it would be very apt for you. Deirdre. Oh yeah, I'm so rock and roll for it. Uh, so it's um, it's a particularly, it's actually a variety of Alstermeria, which is a herbaceous plant. Don't be 
put off by the name. Um, it's a very, very easy plant to grow. But the leaves at this time of year are variegated, like a hosta leaf. Yeah. So you've got the big splash of yellow in the centre with the green banding. So even without the flowers, the plant itself looks very attractive from early April right up to kind of mid-May. And then the scarlet red flowers come on the plant from mid-May right through to the end of the summer. Okay. So it's going to flower. These are oh, just we see about, some buds there. Yeah, yeah, they're just about forming their flower buds. Um, so it's a plant that will only grow to about two feet in height. If you want to add a bit of colour, I, I showed the, the guys in Roscommon a picture of it growing last year against a green hedge. Ooh. And it really lit up it the added head. a lot of colour because the foliage is so bright. And how big does it grow now? Because we're, we're talking about something that's about two foot there, is it? It's a, it's a, at the moment inches. it's about about just over a foot in yeah. height, about 15 inches in height. It'll grow to about 18 inches to two feet okay, in height. Okay, so it's not, we're not talking about something no, tall. it forms a, a really strong clump yeah. and the red flowers are a brilliant scarlet red so the contrast really nicely against the yellow of the I foliage. Really, I have to say, I really like the foliage on it because the leaves that are more slightly more mature leaves, are they almost look as if they have been painted with, with a paintbrush. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, they're very it's, bright. Yeah, and just the way that the the, the variation between the green and the white, um, it looks as if literally somebody has taken kind of a, an impressionist to brush to it and, and given it a little dab. Yeah, it's, no, well, it, it's gorgeous. It, it's a particularly good plant. So that's Alstroemeria. Think of the word rock and roll. Rock and it's roll. easy to grow. It flowers every year. Um, it, it'll form a clump like a hosta plant. So it'll grow about three feet in diameter. Two, two feet in height um, but particularly good and it's particularly nice if you plant maybe three or four of them together right. spacing them and form a very large clump, clump. it'll just give you that real splash of colour and you get as I say the, the foliage comes through the soil in, in early April even in March it begins to come through but right. early April onwards but the flower then is very spectacular so it's just it's a new plant I grew it last year in the garden and it did very, very well, well against a, a green hedge it just added a lot of colour and it's something to put in now and it's it's easy to grow. Easy to grow. So you're looking for something that's a little bit different and easy to grow. Yeah, it's in the kind of cottage garden, I mm. suppose, uh, type of plants. And they're, again, coming back, back in vogue. Yeah. Things like lupins, delphiniums, foxgloves, all of those dwarf hostas, phlox. There's a lovely variety of phlox called Red Riding Hood. Again, I was showing the guys pictures of that. And it's a short variety and it grows about two feet in height. But spectacular red as the name suggests, yes, Red yeah. Riding Hood. Really spectacular, blood red flowers. But it's quite short. The old varieties of flocks used to grow, that our grandmothers used to grow, used to grow tall and leggy. But these are quite new new varieties. They're uh, a series called the Flame Flocks. So they're short varieties. Red Riding Hood is a brilliant red. But there are other varieties in blues and pinks and purples and whites. And, and again, a good time to plant them. They'll be coming into flower as we come into June. Um, and of course, like the Alstroemeria, it the flocks flowers every year as well. Excellent. And a good time. It's just a really good time, time to, to putting in that sort of perennial colour. colour. And I see a lot around the towns um, in Westport, for example, and even around uh, my own town in Castlebar, the councils are moving away from the traditional bedding plants mm. and they're putting in the old cottage garden plants, which I think looks... It's different and looks, and it's something that comes back every year, of course. But uh, it just adds, adds a bit, that bit of colour. Yeah, as well. it's not that real big splash of geraniums or begonias yeah. or whatever. It's 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 more subtle, but I think far it's more probably a little more in keeping, perhaps, with the environment that we live in. It anyway, is. not Absolutely. to say that geraniums aren't gorgeous. They are. <laughs> we're but, not yeah. we're not dissing it. No, no. anybody who's doing baskets or anything like yeah. that. But um, you can have yeah, the con- you, can you can have, have the mix. Yeah, you can and have the, the fact mix. that they come back yeah. year year after year. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there is that that was the point I was making to the, the group that you know people are going back to that little bit of 
thing of nostalgia of the things their mothers and grandmothers used to grow and there are improved varieties now where they're more compact and shorter more disease and pest resistant uh, like the flocks that I mentioned or like this Alstroemeria so there are things to keep an eye out and it's just that they're perfect for getting into the soil now and many of those plants are going to come into flower over the next three to four weeks in flower for the summer so it's a good time to get great well it is a bank holiday weekend and I know although it's a bit damp uh, so far uh, there's still lots to be done and people could be prepping maybe for the few days then that'll uh, Im- improve during the later in the week absolutely great absolutely. we'll take, take a quick, quick break, break yeah, I think yeah, yeah. We, I know we've lots of questions in they were coming in as usual from early this morning uh, if you do have something that you'd like Porg to address on the programme this morning it's 087 if you're texting us and Teresa is taking calls with us this morning and the number there if you need reminding which you probably don't but we'll give it to you anyway it's 0818 3055 How are you, Tom? The driveway looks fantastic. I used Moscow Green Remover. It's now 70% stronger. It's so easy. No scrubbing. Just spray on and leave to work. Now I'm off to do my patio. The neighbours will be green with envy. But my patio will not be green with moss. Moscow Green Remover. Made in Ireland. Available in your local store. The new Suzuki Vitara is here from €19,995. This 4x4 is designed with you in mind. With so many options, no two Vitaras are the same. Test drive the new Vitara at Cassidy Motors Charlestown and create your new car. Vitara. It lives. Cassidy Motors. Go further. Hey mom, what do you like most when buying shoes? Brands and finding something a bit different. And how important is the service? Yes, very important. An honest, genuine service with expert advice. Is that why you always go to Tierney Shoes? Well, all of that, but at a local price. Tierney Shoes, Ballinrobe and Westport. Different, genuine and the brands you love. Massive summer sale at Golden Shed Swinford. Three metre by four metre steel sheds worth 1,900 euro, now 1,700 euro. Contact Sean for all offers on 087 Looking for the perfect lawn? It's so easy with Greenforce. It feeds the lawn, kills weeds and moss all in one step. So now you can spend your time relaxing in the garden instead of working so hard. With the most coverage, it's also the best value. Good for your garden and good on your pocket. Create your own perfect lawn with Greenforce Lawn Care from Hygieia, an Irish company available in your local store. Read instructions carefully. Attention all gardeners. Cran Namona Cho, Kernamona Galway are the leading suppliers of bark mulch in a choice of fine, mini and medium chip. Available in bags and bulk and it's cost effective treat your garden to nature's way of fighting weeds Cran Namona call 094-95-48281 Hi Geraldine here from Connington's Forest and Garden Tune with fantastic lawnmower promotions ride on lawnmowers from 1475 with 5 year warranty Briggs and Stratton Moors from 199 Connington's Forest and Garden Tune for great night's entertainment this May Bank holiday weekend, call to Jackie's Bar Ballantyne on Saturday night, dancing to Cat Country. On Sunday night, there's music with Big Jimmy and draw for €1,000. And on Monday evening, disco from 7pm at Jackie's Bar Ballantyne. It's the May Mega Weekend Sale this Saturday, Sunday and Monday at Shaw's Department Stores, Castle Bar and Ballina. This weekend, rock your wardrobe and your home as you can save up to 20% on all departments at Shaw's. Don't miss the Mega weekend sale at Shaw's Department Stores, Castlebar and Ballina. This Saturday, Sunday and Monday only. Exclusions may apply. Sorry, no weeds allowed. 
Declare your driveway a weed-free zone with Hytrol Path and Drive Weed Killer. Hytrol Path and Drive Weed Killer from Hygieia kills weeds down to the root and continues working all summer on paths, driveways and patios. So if you're looking for a quick and easy solution, reach for Hytrol Path and Drive Weed Killer. Hygieia, supporting Irish gardening and jobs for 75 years. Read instructions carefully. You're welcome back. Lots of questions in, Porek. I, I know we mentioned forest flame and the whole thing with um, the, the frost there at the start of the programme. Uh, but one of our first questions sort of relates to that. But also, would you have a feed for forest flame? This lady or this gentleman, not too sure which, uh, the flowers have gone on the forest flame and they have a Virginia creeper and the leaves are a bit burnt on that as well. So what would they use? Yeah, well, if, if as a good general feed for shrubs in the mm. garden, so if you have a lot to feed, I would use a, a treatment called Pro 6. So that'll do up to 40 or 50 shrubs so if you've got trees shrubs hedging that type of thing would be fine for the forest flame there, there are specific fertilizers ericaceous feeds westland do a very good one uh, called grossure but it's an ericaceous feed and again you just put it around the base it's particularly good for rhododendrons camellias forest flames um, anything in that kind of ericaceous that like a slightly acid soil and particularly if you have them growing in pots because it's a slow release fertiliser so look for that it's, it's, from memory I think it's called Grosure but it's an ericaceous look for the word ericaceous on the actual container um, or go to your local garden centre they'll advise you anyway on that feed but if it's a large amount of plants you want to do use the Pro 6 it's probably the best value and the best coverage Excellent. Uh, now something I suppose similar but different plant. Tomato plants got a bit burnt last week. Uh, listeners wondering, will they come back again? It just depends on the damage, Deirdre. Like if it's if they're if they're going brown, if a lot, large portion portions of them going brown, then they may not. I would just leave them alone. Let the, let the growth come back in them in the next two to ten to two, to fourteen days. You'll know whether the plants are kicking back into to grow. But tomatoes are frost sensitive, and if you get heavy frost, it can damage them. If they're gone a bit purplish color, yeah, uh, that's fine. That's just due due to the cold. And tomatoes will often do that. Young plants, you'll often get leaf roll, which is where the leaf goes a purplish color and starts to roll in. And people often worry that that's a pest or disease. It's not. It's just down to fluctuations in temperature. When you get really warm temperatures in the tunnel or greenhouse, followed by cold temperatures at night time, you get this leaf roll. Or like ourselves, or suddenly like me. When the weather gets cold, I go pure purple. <laughs> so tomatoes will often take on that purpley right. hue. That's fine. That's not frost. That is, it's due to the cold, but it's not going to do the plant any damage. Okay. But if you get browning on the stems or the plant goes brown and goes limp, then you need to re- replant. So it just depends on the level of frost. frost. I mean, one or two degrees, as we've seen in the really cold winters, yes. you know, where some gardens, Grislinia was killed totally. Half a mile up the road, there was no Enough. damage done. You know, it can just vary in terms of the pockets and, and intensity. Mm, one or two yeah. degrees, either way, makes a huge difference, difference, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's where the garden fleece, if you put two layers of the garden fleece across your tomato plants, you can leave it literally on the plants for a week. The light still gets through, the plants continue to grow under the, le- the fleece, but it just helps to protect the plants. Now, that's only when frost is promised, and it's not promised yeah. at the moment. Okay. Uh, now, question from Maureen in Williamstown. Uh, Maureen asks, uh, they, she sowed bare root laurel by a right. wall with Good. a view to making a hedge. Okay. Now, they're doing very badly. They have yellow leaves and they look as if they're dying. She's fed them tomato feed yesterday. Also, they put chicken manure in with them, uh, the pellets, when they were being sowed. So, she's wondering... Well, uh, she's done everything right. Yeah, I mean, it, she says it looks as if something is easing them and they should appreciate a bit of advice. Well, if have yeah, I mean, look at young, young, anything that you're moving or transplanting normally takes a shock because those young plants were lifted in the nursery in the soil, they were dug up and they were physically 
physically transplant it, may have spent a, couple, a week or so in a plastic bag. Mm. And, and naturally enough, the plants get a bit of a shock when you're transplanting. So it is very common for beirut plants to take on a yellowish hue. They're under a little bit of stress. The fact of putting down the chicken manure when planting, that's perfectly fine as long as it was well mixed in with the soil. The plants weren't exposed to it too much. Um, don't bother putting any more feed on. Maureen has done everything she can. It's just let nature mm. take its course now. And and the growth, even though we've had great weather through April, the growth hasn't been, it has started, but it hasn't been significantly, no. you know, hedges aren't jumping yeah, out Yeah, I can the see ground. my own aren't fully there yeah. yet. So they're, they're beginning, starting, yeah. they're just starting. And, and we're seeing that with the forest flame question, where it's just that top two, one or two inches of growth have started. So Maureen should just leave the plants alone. Um, the moisture today will wash all the fertiliser in and just give it at least a month before giving up on the plants. Okay. You might find that one or two will fail and yeah. that will be common with bare yeah. plants. You'll never get 100% success and they may need to be replaced next autumn. But my guess is those plants will, once we get into some really significant growth, those plants will green back up again and kick back okay. into growth again. Okay, so and with young bare plants, it's a good idea Make sure that you tip them back, trim up back any of the kind of shoots. So after planting, they should be even back to the one height. So if you have some plants at two foot mm. and maybe another one at two foot six, even everything back, back to, to the two. just under two feet, yeah. Because the slight bit of trimming back helps to thicken out the plant. It helps it to kick it into growth. So all, all newly planted or even young laurel hedges will benefit from a light trimming back. And people tend not to do that because... Uh, they want them to grow. Exactly. And, and it was one <laughs> we of all the, want a bit of cover straight away. <laughs> it was one of the things I was showing the guys in, in um, both in the Roscommon team and the, and the Swinford Gardening Club about when they purchase plants in a garden centre, the first thing they should do is to do a light bit of trimming back to get, encourage the plant to thicken out and fill out. We tend not to do that. We tend to plant the plants, leave them for yeah. four or five years and then start see. hacking them okay, back. Yeah. So th- there is a little bit of training on hedging plants that's very beneficial. Uh, a slight bit of trimming back and again, when you're in your garden centre, ask for advice in terms of what people should do in terms of giving them a light trim back after planting. It makes a huge difference. Can one overfeed them? Because yes. more in sense, if yes. like they have definitely got a good bit of food now. Yeah, and look, there's no point in giving them any more yeah. food. Um, you've given them the chicken manure. That was actually sufficient. There was no need for the tomato feed. Right. You're not going to encourage them to grow any faster by adding more fertiliser. The, the plants, what they're doing essentially now is producing new roots so after planting the the plant triggers itself to start producing new white roots around the base and and it has to do that before you start getting new growth so the idea the chicken manure is fine that'll have dissolved and as as those white roots start to penetrate out into the soil they'll absorb that and start to grow by all means in six weeks time Mm. as they're growing healthy you could give them a second application of fertilizer but don't give them any more too much feeding can cause actually problems on plants. Okay. There's too much salt, there's too much fertiliser. So that actually, might hinder growth yeah. itself. No, it's not, it's not, not going to do instance, anything. What yeah. she has done is not going to hinder the growth at the moment. It's just wait, let the plants respond to the weather, let nature take its course. You can't force nature. <laughs> Tree stumps. Okay. Four foot high, Porik. Uh, May says she'd like to know what can they fill the centre of them that will look good? Oh, it's a great idea, planting a tree stump. So obviously the, the centre of the tree stump is hollow or they've hollowed it yes. out or the uh, thing. So what I would put into it is, uh, first of all, you want to make sure that the that water, any rain will escape. So you might need to drill a couple of holes into the trunk to make sure that any heavy rain is actually going to wash through the compost or rush through the soil in the centre of the trunk. That's important. So that it doesn't just fill up with a, a bowl of water. Um, and after that, I would plant cascading plants. So plants like, there's a lovely plant called Heavenly Blue, um, which is a, a blue flowering 
Alpine plant. So when you buy it, it's about the size of a small dinner plate, but it will cascade out over the edge of the trunk and cascade right down. There's another lovely blue plant called Campanula Blue Clips. Um, it's a, a yeah, it's a bell-shaped flower. Yeah, it's a perennial. Both of those are bell, heavenly blue, and and uh, the Campanula are both perennial. They flower every year, but they cascade down over the face of the trunk, and you get this cascading effect. And the trunk will—they'll use the trunk for support and just cascade down the front of it, and that'll look really well. There's also varieties of dianthus, a lovely one called flashing light, which again is a creeping plant. So my advice, look, is to pop into your local garden centre, ask them to show you the alpine range of plants or the rockery range of plants. Put in a selection of those, and they'll cascade. They'll grow out and then over and down over the face of the. Uh, the trunk and the fact that it's four feet high they'll be absolutely spectacular fantastic so fill it with a good grade of kind of top mm. topsoil and compost mixed together make sure there's a couple of drainage points in it you can add a little bit of slow release fertilizer into the mix and then just put in your plants okay so really they're acting as a big pot that's such. exactly what they're doing yeah exactly what they're doing and the plants will just relish that because they're up off the ground um, and, and alpine plants like that a good free draining soil so even to add a little bit of grit in through the, the compost is a good idea. Nice gritty mixture of soil and away they go. You could even just plant the whole trunk with the one type of plant. You could just fill it with Campania, maybe three or four plants and that'll just totally be, cover it in be like car- blue flowers like all carpet summer. Almost. Yeah, yeah. So there's, a, there's lots of plants the listener could use. Okay, Sheila's wondering, mm. she's new growth on camellias, it has gone black with uh, the frost mm. and should she remove it? Yeah. Also, she's got an issue with caterpillars eating gooseberry bushes. Okay, well, to, so mm. with, with the camellias, camellias, it's exactly the same answer as the forest flame. Okay. It's just a bit of frost damage. It's like as if you went out with a scissors and cut off the, the, the stems. The plant will respond by producing new growth. So don't worry about that. Just trim it off, tidy it up. Again, give it a little bit of a feed if it's in a pot or in the ground and it'll be perfectly okay. Um, in terms of the caterpillars on the gooseberries, that's gooseberry sawfly. And anybody growing gooseberries, you can expect sawfly to come on to your gooseberries now as we go into May. Um, the way it starts is, so you can go out today and look at the gooseberry plant and it can be perfectly clothed in leaves. Two or three days later, it's totally skeletonized. Oh gosh. Right? So the, the sawfly starts in the very centre of the gooseberry and works his way out. So he's eating the leaves on the centre, which you don't notice, until such time as he comes out to the edge. So, and it's just a normal caterpillar that attacks gooseberries um, use something safe because the, the gooseberries are beginning to form now so you could use something like bug clear which is safe to use in fruit and vegetables there's a specific bug clear for fruit and vegetables mm-hmm. and it'll control all caterpillars on vegetables and fruit and aphids and green fly and those sort of pests um, so that, 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 it's that, as that, simple as that and to be honest if you've got gooseberries you're, you're as well just to spray them anyway because the gooseberry soil fly is a particular pest of gooseberries in the garden now, the nematodes. Yes. Somebody's wondering if the nematodes are a success in a polytunnel. Oh, absolutely. Um, if, if, you, if you Google nematodes, there's actually some very good YouTube clips of uh, growers that grow both vegetables, strawberries, um, shrubs in under glass or under tunnels. Mm. And they have switched to the nematodes. Nematodes need warm conditions to work really well. And you've got the perfect conditions in a tunnel. So the nematodes, just to remind listeners, will control wireworm, leather jackets, chafter grubs, um, cabbage root fly. Uh, It'll actually control caterpillars as well. But so any kind of soil-borne pest, it's very effective on. So if you've got vegetables in your garden and wireworm is a problem or leather jackets are a problem, whatever, it's probably one of the safest because it's non-chemical and one of the most effective uh, methods of controlling them. When you see the growers... 
Yeah. Uh, if you want to pop onto my website, Horkins.ie, and I have the nematodes featured on that page. Okay. I think that there's actually a video on the page and you'll, it explains exactly how they work. So you simply mix them in a washing can, apply them onto your plants and it controls and all sold by press. Okay, and so the other thing there is that you need a little bit of temperature, a little bit of... Yeah, but yeah, things like, are warm enough now at yeah, the moment. Once we get over 10 degrees Celsius, they work really well. And in your tunnel, it's going to be at least 14, 15 yeah. degrees. So it's absolutely exactly. perfect conditions at the moment. Now, the thing for them, for them to work, the pest has to be there. Okay. So, because otherwise they just die because there's nothing to feed on. Exactly. Is it? So oh. they feed on the feed on the the pest. That's that's what they're that's their that's food. That's their purpose. In so life. so the leather jackets or the the wireworm or whatever must be there for the for the uh, fine weaver to work. But I guess if people are asking the question, they must have some. Yeah. Um, my forefoot Eliagnus has lost its leaves. It's not dead, and it's facing east. Is there yeah, anything I can do? That's a little worrying because Eliagnus is an evergreen shrub yeah. and um, you know whilst we've, we've been getting a lot of easterly winds um, Iliagna should retain its foliage because it's one of the best plants for particularly exposed areas that tolerates the wind extremely well. One of the things to watch with them is that sometimes they get a bit loose in the soil. Iliagnus uh, can, particularly if we get a lot of wind, they get can get root rocked. It's where they, the, the root literally and the stem just rock in the soil and that causes root damage and you would get defoliation, loss of leaf uh, would be a sure sign of that. Okay. So just check them, firm them in, make sure they're good and firm in the soil that haven't been rocked in the in the garden um, because certainly any root damage will cause that drop of foliage so just check that first of all firm them in well by all means give them a, a feed and the listener says they're not dead so but if they've dropped all their leaves I would be concerned about them to be honest okay and uh, maybe bring a piece into the garden centre or bring a photograph actually would be a good thing okay. take a photograph and bring it into the garden centre and we'll have a look at it okay great they shouldn't be growing they shouldn't be dropping, dropping. 100% of their, of their I wouldn't leaves. mind an odd yeah. an odd bit of leaf drop is fine but not totally not. dropping their leaves. That, that okay. would There's be a cause for concern, okay. definitely. We're going to take a quick break, so uh, still to come, lots more questions. Stay with us. Looking for the perfect lawn? It's so easy with Greenforce. It feeds the lawn, kills weeds and moss all in one step. So now you can spend your time relaxing in the garden instead of working so hard. With the most coverage, it's also the best value. Good for your garden and good on your pocket. Create your own perfect lawn with Greenforce Lawn Care from Hygieia, an Irish company available in your local store. Read instructions carefully. Hi, it's me. Your house here. I've heard you complaining. I'm too small. I don't have enough storage space. Well, I have plenty up here in the attic. You just need those amazing folding attic stairs from Styra. Ten-year guarantee fits any ceiling height. Then you'd fall in love with me all over again. Styra folding attic stairs. Attack that attic. Find out more at styra.com. Massive summer sale at Golden Shed Swinford. Three metre by four metre steel sheds worth 1,900 euro, now 1,700 euro. Contact Sean for all offers on 87 Every day should be a little special, whether you're out for a celebration meal, a cosy pub night by the fire, Sunday lunch, or just dropping in for a coffee. There's something about the Hazel Baron restaurant Ballyhonest that makes it that little bit special. So don't wait for a special occasion. Treat yourself whenever you're out at the Hazel Baron restaurant, always special. Online at thehazelbaronrestaurant.ie Are you studying for exams or training hard? Get focused with Eskimo Brain 369, Ireland's purest Omega-3. 
With benefits for your heart, brain and vision, you'll reach peak performance in no time. So if you want to keep focused and fit for life, try Eskimo Brain 369. Your body will thank you for it. Available in your local health store or pharmacy. Eskimo3.ie Hi, Mick here from Connington's Shop Street Joom, your authorised Briggs and Stratton service centre. We are main agents for Husqvarna, Garden Care, Craftsman and many other machines. Call today on 093 28915. Connington's Shop Street Joom. Attention all gardeners, Cran Namona Cho, Kernamona Galway are the leading suppliers of bark mulch in a choice of fine, mini and medium chip. Available in bags and bulk and it's cost effective. Treat your garden to nature's way of fighting weeds. Cran Namona, call 094-95-48281. Sheds might all look the same, but at DG Roofing Williamstown we supply everything for your shed. CE approved using the highest grade materials combined with our wealth of experience and knowledge. DG Roofing Williamstown are both manufacturers and suppliers of metal roof cladding in a range of colours timber and metal purlines, gutters flashings and all accessories for domestic, agricultural and industrial use. Call DG Roofing today on 094-96-43355 DG Roofing Williamstown Better, Stronger Affordable Sorry, no weeds allowed Declare your driveway a weed-free zone with High Troll Path and Drive Weed Killer Hytrol Path and Drive Weed Killer from Hygieia kills weeds down to the root and continues working all summer on paths, driveways and patios. So if you're looking for a quick and easy solution, reach for Hytrol Path and Drive Weed Killer. Hygieia, supporting Irish gardening and jobs for 75 years. Read instructions carefully. You're very welcome back to uh, the programme. Uh, sorry, no, before I come to this, scroll back up here and see where well, I was. Let me mention something, because next weekend we have, um, we're coming into the hanging basket oh, yes. time of year, so people are thinking of putting their hanging baskets together. So uh, in Turlock next weekend and Sligo and Galway, we're going to do a, a hanging basket demo. Um, so if you want to bring in your, your old hanging baskets, if you wish, um, but we'll certainly be showing people how to plant up hanging baskets, going through the various plants to use, the type of compost to use, the fertiliser to use, and just giving them tips in general of of how to get the best for, for window baskets. boxes, containers, baskets. Um, so that's next Saturday and Sunday in the Garden Centre. We'll remind listeners next week, or if you again, if you drop onto the website, uh, Hawkins.ie there's full information there about the event so that's next it's a free event Just you just come along and uh, we'll be doing a couple of demos during the day uh, both Saturday and Sunday so Great. pop down put it in your diary put it in your diary uh, and you'll have a lovely bit of colour then mm. for the summer now could we ask you Porik what would clean a new footpath discoloured with brown marks from fertiliser which got scattered on it when putting on the lawn well unfortunately that st- that staining of so in, in many lawn lawn uh, weed feed and moss killers yes. you've got a thing called sulfate of iron mixed in through that as the mix that's yeah. the, the, the item that actually does the killing okay. of the moss and if that gets on your surface your tarmacadam your paving slabs your bricks it leaves a brown yeah. stain power washing won't take it off it's it's really you, you have to wait and let it weather off the which could take a year okay a year and a half so it is we always you know advise if anything that contains sulfate of iron you need to be very careful that it only goes on the lawn area because if it gets on a concrete area it's like putting an iron bar down on the ground uh, it'll leave a stain and it, it stains the concrete so it's kind of really rusting <clears throat> that's exactly yeah. what it is it's yeah. rusting it's it, it's fine sulfate of iron are fine particles mm. of iron um, so where you're using it on your lawn you've got to be very careful because it leaves a, a brown stain on the not, on just, not just as a black in the moss, moss it, yeah. it actually leaves a brown stain uh, on tarmac and paving slabs so 
I have certainly haven't come across anything that will lift the stain yet. Okay, so Maybe just some of our listeners. Time, are. I'm afraid, is the well, time. Yeah, it will weather away mm. in time, but it, that's the problem. Yeah, but it. if anybody does have a solution, <clears> that, yeah. So feel when, free. when applying weed-free to moss killers, just check the pack. Most of them contain ferrous sulfate or sulfate of iron, and where they're present in the mix, be very careful applying them because. Do leave a stain. <clears throat> okay. I've set a line of trees down the side of my garden. I'd like to have flowers between the fence and the trees. There's okay. Obviously, there's yeah, a gap. Yeah, right. gap. Uh, what can you recommend? I would like a flower meadow. Okay, well, you can, and it's the, this is the time of year actually for putting in wildflower mixes. You can actually buy a collection of seeds called the wildflower mix. Um, uh, that so you buy it in a pack. It's a mixture of all sorts of wildflowers, oxeye daisy and cornflowers and harebell and the whole range of different wildflowers. Um, so basically, what you do is you'd want to get rid of the grass or weeds that are there at the moment. Mm-hmm. So you treat that with something like Weed Free Three Sixty on a dry day. So eliminate any vegetation that's there at the moment and effectively create a seed bed. So rake the soil and create a bed for the for the, the new seed. Get yourself a couple of packs of the wildflower mix. You sow it into the ground. It'll germinate in about three or four weeks and come into flower July, August sort of period of this year. Um, now, wildflower mixes tend to flower over two years. So you get some of the annuals that flower this year and others that will flower uh, the following year. Now, you'll have that very kind of, uh, you know, it'll be wildflower. It'll be kind of a wild bits of grass, bits of flowers, um, so, you know, that's exactly what you're going to get in using wildflowers. The other thing you could use, which would be a little bit more dramatic, would be some of the herbaceous perennials, like the arum lilies, like the lupins I talked about before. Okay. Uh, you know, that yeah. would be quite nice as well to create a herbaceous border of the old cottage garden plants. And they'd be very spectacular, very colourful. Um, and you'd have the space between the fence and the trees to create that. So whichever, you can go either way. But uh, it's and it's perfect time timing at this time of year for putting in wildflower seed. I mean, this sort of weather, if you had the seed in already, yeah. the germinate only a couple of days. Right. Even. Okay. Uh, so so it's a really good time to, to put in wildflower seed. Um, and the packs that come in mixed packs. In mix. you can so you don't, have to, you don't have to be going, oh, putting it all together in advance. You don't. You don't. No, what you can get is a pack with, with a complete mixture. But And then you can also buy separate packs. So if you particularly like poppies, for mm. example, or you like oxide daisy or cornflower, you can buy a couple of packs of just those and again mix them in through the wildflower oh, mix so you got you know more percentage of poppy okay. flowers or cornflowers, whatever. So generally, in most garden centres, they'll have a whole rack of different varieties of wildflower seed and they'll have bigger bags of wildflower mixes to put in. It's super time to sow them. But just be be conscious of what you're putting in because you do get that wildflower border and sometimes in the front of a garden or a very it can be a bit, well that's it's it it's a bit wild looking it is yeah. it is it's, it looks a bit uh, it's not yeah, shall yeah. we say <laughs> but if, if it's in the bottom part of the garden and you're not too worried about yeah. that and you want this wild meadow effect then that's perfectly fine um, the other alternative is to put in the more formal arm lilies chrysanthemums you know all of those kind of herbaceous yes. perennial cottage garden plants which again it's a good time to plant they'll be coming into flower in the next couple of weeks okay what's the best feed for hydrangeas you want a high potash feed, so I would use uh, Colour Boost is particularly good. Um, and this is the time of year to be feeding, both pruning and feeding your hydrangea. So get yourself a small tub of Colour Boost. Uh, if it's an old hydrangea, maybe three or four handfuls around the base foot, repeat in about a month's time. And again, a day like today, wet weather is great for putting on fertilisers. 
Now, beanstalks. My beanstalks have gone brown at the bottom. Okay. Uh, will it be okay? Or is it frost damage? Yeah, it's cold. It's, yeah, it's okay. just a reaction to the cold and it's a bit like the purple coloration on the... Um, on the hedging. On the, on the uh, tomatoes. Oh, tomatoes, right. Tomatoes. See, when you get that cold, cold weather, you get beans to produce, go from green to brown. Um, you know, as long as they're not rotting or, yeah. or soft, then they'll be fine. They'll reshoot again. If, they, if they're gone brown, will they... Now, and they often, beans have the ability to actually shoot from ground level again. So again, just leave well enough alone, leave them a couple of weeks and you'll know. Even if the wither back a bit, they have the ability to shoot from soil level again. So, uh, but, but it's still, you've still plenty of time to sow new beans. If the worst is the worst. Absolutely. Uh, what is the best hedging plants that would provide shelter in an open field and it's north wind? Okay, well, if it north, you know, you, you've got a, a quite a, cold, sharp wind. Um, so I would be thinking of plants like white thorn makes a fantastic hedge. It's brilliant hedge if it's pruned uh, tightly. So white thorn, black thorn, you could do a mixture of, of any of those. You could go for kind of a wild hedgerow of things like gelder rose, um, white thorn, ash. Now we'd be thinking next autumn, so kind of next November you'd put in a what we call a wildflower or a wild uh, wildlife hedge. Mm. So it'll be t- typical of what you'd see in a farmland situation of a mixture of different holly, maybe white thorn, black thorn. All of those are quite wind tolerant and do very well. They're deciduous. Well, apart from the holly, they're deciduous, so they're not there to be damaged mm. in the winter. Um, if you want something evergreen, probably the hardiest would be going back to the Iliagnus. Uh, in terms of wind tolerant and and cold winds, it'll certain certainly tolerate the wind very well. Uh, but I would be favouring um, either whitethorn, blackthorn, kind of a mixture of broadleaved hedge, um, particularly in a very very exposed and particularly with northerly winds. Certainly as the initial hedge, and inside that you could plant something else if okay. you wish once the, once it gets That's established. Cool. And any of the wild hedges, it's really autumn time that you'll be putting those in. So it'll be next November. Back to the bare root season okay. again. Um, now I grow cabbage plants every year, and they get to when they get to about an inch high, they just go yellow and they die off. Can you tell me why? A Bonnie Conlon, so they're, they sow them from plants or seed. It must be seed. Cabbage, seed. Yeah, I sow. Well, I sow. I grow cabbage plants every year. Okay. Yeah. So they only get to a couple of inches. Well, yeah. It sounds. It sounds like um, cabbage root fly, which is a pest that attacks. Uh, early cabbage at this time of year um, certainly in April and May cabbage root fly it can be very damaging and it's mm. it, what happens literally is the plant you plant the plant it starts to grow for a, for a couple of days or a couple of weeks and next thing it flops it goes yellow because the roots have been eating eaten away again you can use the nematodes if you wish on them or you could use the um, nematodes probably the most effective mm. um, but so it's it's cabbage root fly is a is a, a pest of cabbage they physically eat the roots of the plant. The other thing that can affect the roots is club root, which is a disease of, of cabbages where the roots swell up. But it sounds to me more like a cabbage yeah, root fly. fly problem. Now, the other way of preventing it rather than using a treatment is to put a collar of cardboard or felt or something around the base. You can actually buy them. Right. Little collars that go. So you plant the, the, the cabbage plant in the ground and you physically put the collar around the base of the stem. Right. And that stops the adult laying the down. eggs on the on the surface of the so the actually the adult is fooled into thinking in, in sewing the eggs on top of the little piece of cardboard right. and they just wither away so it stops the maggot getting down to the actual roots yes. of the cabbage okay, so, so that's, that's what it sounds like to me again if the listener wanted to bring maybe a plant into the centre we'd have a look at it for them um, but definitely it's a soil problem either club root or cabbage root fly, fly. 
Uh, would a weeping willow or magnolia tree be more suited to a medium-sized garden? Well, it, 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 weeping willows, you have different varieties. So there's a, a very small variety called Capria pendula, which literally only grows five feet high or six okay, feet so high. So it's perfect in a tiny garden. Um, the magnolia, you know, there's different varieties again of magnolia. There's a nice one called Stellata, which only grows to about six feet. So it's perfect okay. for small to medium garden. If you're looking for a nice tree, there's a lovely um, tree called Cornus Cusa. Um, and there's one called China Girl where I was actually looking at one a customer was buying it in the garden centre last night it had beautiful pink flowers very nice foliage it makes more it's more a kind of a large shrub than a, than a tree as such but if you want it if you have a medium small to medium garden, sized garden yeah. they're particularly nice the, the Cornus family um, and they're, they're flowering at the moment and they come in shades of whites and pinks and nearly bordering on red that China Girl is nearly red in colour and beautiful autumn colour it'd be something different the willow is fairly common. Yeah. Okay. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But very nice. It can very be nice, very nice. Yeah. You know, but the cornice would be just a little bit different, something a, a little bit more spectacular. But there's look at lots of trees at the moment. And if it's a medium sized garden, you've got relatively. You've got lots of choice. Well, really. you've, yeah, you've got good space there. So there's lots of plants yeah. to put in. Okay. John is wondering can you pr- can you prune back wallflowers that are a bit leggy? Yes, you can. If, if you have wallflowers, no, don't cut them too, back too severely. Um, go back, you know, remove the old flowers and maybe six inches of the stem. It's also a great time to actually take cuttings of wallflowers. So I give you, didn't I give you a couple of wallflower plants? You did, yeah. yeah. So, they're, and, my, and they're in my mother's garden now. And as you said to me, they, they flower. But they there, was, there was one last year and it, it, it just kept going all year. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. So people don't want to cut them back, no. you see, because they're flowering. Although I do notice now it probably could do a little bit there of a cut because it is a bit, as John said, a bit leggy. leggy. Yeah. And now, if you trim it back now, it'll actually come back into growth and you get flowers in June and July and August from the plant. Yeah. So it's a good idea to give them. Now, don't go too severe. Don't go back into old wood with wallflowers. But certainly you can take all the old flowers and six inches of the stem, but also take some cuttings as well mm. because they'll root by simply inserting them into the soil beside the plant right. and you get new plants. So you take just short little cuttings that are maybe four inches long, um, strip off most of the leaves, stick them in the soil and they'll actually root in the soil. They're very, very easy to grow. One or two more quick yeah, ones before shoot. we have to finish up, I'm afraid. Um, uh, hi, I'm looking for a Prunus sargentii and can't find one. Uh, what would you recommend in the Prunus family? Well, there's lots, lots and lots uh, to go for. There's a lovely white variety called Prunus charité, which is a flat top cherry, which again grows up and out um, quite nice. You see Prunus Kansan is flowering everywhere at the moment. It's the big blousy pink one. Um, but again, consider, you know, the thing with the cherries is they tend to be short flowering. Some have very attractive uh, stems as well, stem colour, like Suriolato, which has kind of got marble stems. But maybe also consider the other plant I mentioned, the Cornus, Cornus Cusa, because it flowers for a longer period and I think it gives you more uh, more autumn colour as well. It's, it's a slightly different plant, but possibly a nicer plant. So um, any of those, any of the, the Charité, the Kansans will be good in the Prunus family or Suriolata if you want something with a nice uh, bark colour or um, I think the Cornus would, would even top it, top okay. it, one of the cherries. We started with fruit trees, so we Go might on. actually finish with a fruit tree. We have a plum tree. Great. It's been sown for five years. It okay. looks healthy, but there's no fruit. Do we need a second tree for fruit? Yeah, they do need to be crossed. Well, there are varieties like Victoria that self-pollinate and, and plums are notorious for doing lots of growing for up to five, six, seven years before flowering and fruiting. Um, If it's flowering and flowering well, then pollination is a problem and you need to put in a partner. So you could put in Victoria. um, Czar is another good variety of plum that pollinates other plum trees really well. So 
ideally fruit trees should never be planted on their own anyway even if they're self-fertile because if you plant a partner a different partner you're going to get 2x fruit, right. 3x fruit, three, four times the amount of fruit that you'll get on its own. Um, so if it's not flowering, then it's just a timing. And the thing with, with plums at five years old, if you feed them again with a high potash feed like a rose fertilizer or color boost or stuff with a potash on its own, it slows down the growth and helps to bring them into flowering right. and fruiting. But I would always put in a second or third tree, tree just, to, just to give it that. Yeah, and also to have a bit of variety as well because Victoria is one type of plum, but Zara is completely different. It's more a blue, blackish plum, whereas Victoria is kind of the, a, the, a, the a pinky. Yeah. yeah, it's more pinky, orange color. Um, so always a couple of partners are always better. Okay, fair enough. In the fruit family. On that note, don't forget we have the the baskets during the week. Basket next weekend, so Saturday and Sunday. uh, Basket demonstration right through the day, so um, lots of hints and tips, but I'll remind people next week about that. Lovely stuff on that note. We will uh, take our leave of you this morning. Uh, Thanks indeed for all your questions and for your company over the past couple of hours. I'm back again next Saturday, all going well from 7 o'clock. Stand by Michael Neary live from Specsavers in Castle Bar after the news at 10 o'clock, which is on the way next with Michael D. McAndrew from me, Deirdre Kelly. For the moment, a very good morning to you. Looking for the perfect lawn? It's so easy with Greenforce. It feeds the lawn, kills weeds and moss all in one step. So now you can spend your time relaxing in the garden instead of working so hard. With the most coverage, it's also the best value. Good for your garden and good on your pocket. Create your own perfect lawn with Greenforce Lawn Care from Hygieia, an Irish company available in your local store. Read instructions carefully. Hi ladies, Beth here. We at Lamour Boutique in Claremore stock a wide range of tantalising clothing, all handpicked by myself with my customers in mind. We at Lamour will guide you in selecting the perfect pieces to rejuvenate and refresh your wardrobe this summer. So ladies, whatever the event, wedding, communion or confirmation, pop into Lamore where your dream is our passion. Most supermarkets these days don't feel very super at all. At Howley's Eurospar Dunmore, we try to put the super back by making shopping as easy and hassle-free as possible. The products you need at the prices you want and a friendly face to greet you whenever you pop in. Howley's Eurospar Dunmore, the super easy supermarket. Make the most of your Maybank holiday weekend with Bar Square Ballina. Saturday is Mayo Day. Join the staff and wear your Mayo jersey. Meet, eat and party in celebration of all things Mayo. Sunday, we're sponsors of Ireland's Strongman Competition in Market Square. Afterwards, bring the family to Bar Square and choose from our best selected home-cooked food specials. Sunday night, enjoy live music with Gorilla Radio. A warm welcome awaits you at the Keg Room, located at 53 West 36th Street, near Madison Square Garden, the Empire State Building, the Javits Centre and Herald Square. In the finest tradition of an Irish sports bar with contemporary American style, the Keg Room is the ultimate meeting place for watching your favourite teams, with 28 flat screen TVs and four huge screens to watch your favourite sports, including all GAA, rugby and soccer games live. The Keg Room is open for lunch and dinner every day, with great traditional Irish fare and daily specials. Proprietor Mary and Joe Carty and staff look forward to welcoming you at the keg room. Hey girls, new curtain department now open at Rosewater Castle Bar with lots of new fresh designs. Complimentary colour consultation available. See rosewater.ie.
The May Bank Holiday Sale at Foxford Woolen Mills is in full swing. Get up to 50% off their 2015 cotton bed linen range and furniture. Don't miss out on a heavenly sleep and treat yourself to some luxury. It's 100% cotton and 100% pure linen. The Foxford Woolen Mills Sale must end Monday. Talk to St. Gerald's Credit Union in June about a personal loan, home improvements and new car. Holidays or a wedding. Apply online through our website, call our loan advisors on 1-800-286-466 or visit our offices in Tume, Hedford, Dunmore, Corrandulla, Abinagmoy or Tarlockmore. Terms and conditions apply. St. Charlotte's Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Sorry, no weeds allowed. Declare your driveway a weed-free zone with Hytrol Path and Drive Weed Killer. Hytrol Path and Drive Weed Killer from Hygieia kills weeds down to the root and continues working all summer on paths, driveways and patios. So if you're looking for a quick and easy solution, reach for Hytrol Path and Drive Weed Killer. Hygieia, supporting Irish gardening and jobs for 75 years. Read instructions carefully. The time is 10 o'clock. With Joyce's Lifestyle and Garden Centre, Hedford, your home for outback barbecues for summer dining in the room outside. 093 34200 or JoyceHardware.com. Broadcasting to the west of Ireland and around the world on www.midwestradio.ie. This is Midwest Radio News on the Hour. Good morning, I'm Michael D. McAndrew. A dentist told the High Court yesterday that a fisherman attended him with acute pain days after being allegedly assaulted by a Garda during a protest near the Shell gas refinery in Balnaboy, County Mayo. The Irish Times are reporting that dentist Anthony Sweeney said Patrick O'Donnell told him he had received blows to the face when he attended for treatment on January 26, 2007. He treated Mr O'Donnell with painkillers and and antibiotics and later had to extract a tooth and repair a damaged bridge. The damage was consistent with the blow and the upper and lower teeth colliding suddenly, he said. Mr O'Donnell had told him he had been in pain for a few days and it was obvious he was. The treatment involved several appointments and cost €2,100 in total, he said. 